We welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Our Bibles are open this morning to the book of the Psalms. I love the Psalms. And as we turn to the 39th Psalm, we're reminded uh, that the Psalms are one of the most spiritual and yet practical books of the entire Bible. Uh, the Psalms in this Hebrew hymn book, and they cover every realm of human experiences from one end to the other. As you study the Psalms, I hope that you love the Psalms and ought to be reading the Psalms every day. You encounter every emotion uh, of the heart. Love, hate, joy, and sorrow, hope and fear, peace and strife, faith and despair. But out of the 150 Psalms that we have, David is the writer of at least 73 of these, including this Psalm, the 39th Psalm. As you read through this Psalm, you'll find that David is going through a time of discouragement, a time of despair. A time when he felt that he was so overwhelmed and disturbed with life itself and things were just not going well. And the truth of it is, every one of us can relate uh, to this psalm. David, however, is looking at his problems and then comparing his situation with the prosperity of the wicked. When you look around and you see the world is just so upside down, and going farther and farther away from godly principles, we think about the United States of America, which I love, our country, founded upon biblical principles. But if our founders could see where we are today, I wonder what their thoughts would be. And so David is looking at his own life, and he's seeing the problems, the heartaches, the trials, the suffering. But it looks around to those that just have a no-care attitude. The world as a whole are just living as if they're going to live for all of eternity on this side of eternity with no consequences whatsoever. And so David pins this psalm. Truth of it is, it's easy to question what God is doing when we face trouble, when we face heartache, when we're going through the valley even the valley of the shadow of death. Then it's compounded when we look at the world and look at our society that seemingly is just running along, enjoying life with no consequences at all uh, to the way that they're living. In our scripture today, David is on a roll. <laughs> Have you ever got on a roll complaining about things and about life? Well, David is on a roll, and we'll just pick up in verse number four. Uh, let's pick up, let's begin reading verse one down through verse seven or eight. Let's do that. David said, I will, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked before me. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace even from good. And my sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me. Notice the last phrase here in verse 3. While I was musing, the fire burned, then spake out with my tongue. 
Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and my age is nothing before thee. Verily, every man is at his best state is altogether vanity, Selah. Surely every man walketh in vain, and show, surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches, and knoweth not who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Deliver me from my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolish. As you read this passage of Scripture, you recognize again that David, like a lot of us, has a right in his own mind to complain, but at the same time understanding that God is in charge of it all. He stops, he refrains. And again, he begins to evaluate his own life. And then he says, while I was musing, while I was musing, I want you to underscore this phrase. We ask ourselves the question, what does musing mean? Musing means to think, to ponder, to evaluate, uh, to recollect. While we may not be so familiar with this word muse, we are certainly familiar with the word amuse in this 21st century we find that most people are desiring to be amused. If you understand again, as you take that prefix there, that little letter A, to negate again the root word muse, meaning again to be distracted or diverted our attention. And today, our society, again, is just going crazy over being amused in every way that they possibly can. As if, again, that spiritual things make no difference and there's no end in sight, there's no eternity. And yet the Bible reminds us that it's appointed unto man once to die and after this, uh, the judgment. Many of us in this room, no doubt, know people, even family members that are just running to and fro as if they had the world by the tail on a downhill swing and no consequences at all on how they live. I want you to look at this passage of Scripture and notice again, when David says in verse number 4, Lord, make me to know mine end. Underscore that phrase as well. Lord, make me to know mine end. David, in all of his thought, in all of his contemplation, in all of his evaluation of all that's going on around him, he says, Lord, I, I, most of all, I want, you, I want to know mine end. Lord, make me to know mine end. We all realize that we have an appointment. And the Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, as it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. Psalm 89, verse 48 says, What man is he that liveth and shall not see death? Shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? Selah. We're reminded here with that seal just to pause and to think and to understand uh, that one day we are going to face the judgment of God. We think about the rich farmer in Luke chapter 12, verse number 17. If you'd like to follow along a couple of verses there, Luke 12. The Bible says regarding the rich man begins talking to himself as well. He says, what shall I do? 
And then he comes to a conclusion and he says, with all that he has, and knowing that he needed to build more barns and or tear these down, what's he going to do? He has no place to store all of his fruit. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there shall there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But notice in verse 20 of Luke 12, God calls time on him, for the Bible says, But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? It's a good thought for us all to think about even this text. As God calls time on this rich man, if we knew that we just had 12 hours to live, is there anything different that we would do this day? I'd say there is for all of us. No doubt there's some things that we would do differently. No doubt we would look at life differently for the next 12 hours. Our perception indeed would change. The truth of it is, we don't know when that day is. Thus, as a Christian, we should live every day in light of eternity. And as a Christian, we should have a desire that our loved ones would come to know Christ as their Savior, that they too would turn to Him and make Him their Savior. Oh, how we need to share the gospel indeed. I may not know my end of my life as far as that's concerned. I may not know when my last day is, I heard a man say one time, if I knew where I was going to die, I would never go there. And the truth of it is, we all want to live as long as we possibly can. But if we knew that this was our last day, again, when he said, this day thy soul shall be required, or this night thy soul shall be required of thee. I may not know my last day, but I can know my destiny. And that's the question for this morning. Do you know your destiny? Are you certain if you were to die now that heaven would be your home? And so I ask you to underscore that phrase, while I was musing, while I was musing, and just to think, to ponder, and again to anticipate what Christ is yet to do in our lives as we see him face to face. It matters not where you are in your life. May I say every day we ought to be expecting of the Lord Jesus Christ to come. The Bible reminds us that it's in him that we live, move, and have our being. The proverb says, he that findeth life shall obtain favor of the Lord. And the Bible reminds us, of course, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. And so I trust today that you can say, Lord, make me to know mine in and answer and say, I've settled that with the Lord. Keep in mind, we have an appointment with death. Secondly, we have an appointment of the judgment seat of Christ. As we stand before the Lord, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. I'm going to stand before the Lord. I'll give an account for this message, but you'll give an account for listening to this message. All of us are going to give an account of everything done in this body, be it good or bad. 
Romans chapter 14, verse 12 says, so that every one of us shall give an account himself of himself to God. The psalmist reminds us in this passage of Scripture how frail we are and the brevity of life itself. In Psalm 143, verse 10, he says, Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Living every day in light of eternity. It's hard to believe how quickly this year has gone by of 2023. And now we're moving into the last month of the year. Christmas is almost here, and then we'll start all over again. But the truth of it is, we may not see a new year. We could not even see tomorrow. And so we live every day knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ could come for his church. I trust you're ready. Amen. Look, if I have a choice in the matter, if I could ask the Lord, would you rather go by the way of the grave or would you rather go up in the rapture, Roger? And I'd say, I'd rather go up in the rapture, amen, to bypass the death part. But understand, those that have gone on before us, the Bible says they're going to rise first. <laughs> the Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Uh, so you think about it. Preachers were discussing, so which would you rather do? Go by the way of the grave or would you rather go by the way of the air? He said, I'd rather go by the way of the grave. He said, why? He said, I would be first. <laughs> but the truth of it is, I'd just soon be alive, amen? And the Lord Jesus Christ call for the church, come up hither. What a precious day that would be. But understand, as we see this text, that we must understand that we're going to stand before the Lord. But he says, while I was musing, help me to know mine end. Help me to know the measure of my days. Help me to know how frail that I am. So he says, make me to know mine end. But then he says, as we muse on our destination, he says, Lord, make me to know the measure of my days. The measure of my days. He doesn't necessarily say the number of days, but the measure of our days. And what are we going to do with the days that we have? Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom is true, but living every day. We're talking about not just the quantity of days, but he says, muse on your number of days indeed, but also the quality of those days. When I think about my age, it seems like Marsha and I were just married just a few weeks ago. Now, how could that possibly be? We have a great grandbaby now, but... At any rate, we go back in time to 1973, August the 11th. I was 22. She was 18. I can't imagine that her mommy and daddy would let her marry an old guy and she was 18 years of age. And I said it when Stacy was turning 18. You know how it is. When Stacy was turning 18, I said, it'd be a cold day where the booger man lives before a 22-year-old comes into this house. Amen? No, that's not cussing. That's just saying, Lord, it'll be a cold day, right? But now that they're married, oh, thank God. You know, the reward for losing your children is grandchildren. Praise the Lord for that. And now a great-grandbaby. And so when you look back over life and understand how quick life goes, it's hard to believe that Marsha and I indeed just celebrated 50th wedding anniversary. But again, how much longer will the Lord give us? We've enjoyed every day. There's no question about it. 
but understand we're also living in light of eternity every day and all should. So you measure by quantity by musing on the number of days. So I, I break these numbers down. When they say again, I think the numbers have changed a little bit, where the average male in America lives to be 77.3, 77.3. And so you multiply that out to 365.75 days a year. That means he lives an average of 28,227 days, the average male. 78, 77 rather, 77.3. So at 73 now, I'm thinking, okay, I've already lived 72.3. I've already lived 26,408 days. Are you with me? You writing this down? That means I only have 2,265 days to go. Wow, where did life go? I mean, truth is, uh, we're at the end of this thing. Uh, there's no question about it. I understand that. My father passed away when he was 57. I was 22. My grandfather, my dad's dad, however, he lived to be 98. Grandpa Paulie lived the singing at the Union Gospel Mission Church until he was 97 years of age. Oh, I'd love to just be preaching somewhere at the age of 97, you know, and just, you know. And understand, though, I have no assurance of which will be 57, I passed that by, or the 97. I don't know, but in the between all of that, the Lord Jesus Christ could come. So I think all of us want to live as long as we possibly could live. But when he says, teach us to number our days, he's not talking about how long you're going to live, but take advantage of every day that you have and know that this is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. And all God's people said, amen. But at the same time, we should be very conscientious of those that are around us that do not know Christ as their Savior. And we have a responsibility, yea, an obligation to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, witnessing to others is one beggar who's found crumbs to tell another beggar where he can find crumbs as well. It's that simple. And I'm glad someone told me one day, and my life changed forever. Oh, growing up in a preacher's home, indeed, I was baptized when I was 11, and thank God for it, but I was not saved until I was 18 years of age. And you see, growing up in a preacher's home doesn't make you a Christian. And I realized for the first time after a chain of events in my life, that I had never been born again. I was baptized. I was a preacher's son. Uh, but understand, I did not know Christ. And so if you're here this morning and you do not know Christ, understand the brevity of life itself. Measure again, not only the quantity, but the quality of your life. David again reminds us to choose you this. No, that's not David, that's Joshua. So choose you this day as to whom you'll serve. And he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. A great verse that we talked about, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, a life verse for our family is to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You'll find in that a priority in that pro with a promise in that verse. And understand that the Lord Jesus Christ desires not just to be first, but he wants to be the entire list. He wants all of us as we surrender ourselves to him. The Apostle Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship 
of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. The Apostle Paul recognized again that even though he had been saved for that number of years after the Damascus Road, he said, I want to get to know him better. And we should have a desire again to get to know the Lord better. Psalm 118, verse 24 says, This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us be glad in what? And rejoice in it. So David writing says, Lord, make me to know mine end. But then he goes on, look at it. Lord, make me to know the measure of my days, not just the number of my days, but to measure it out as to what I'm doing in my life. And then notice, as we think about this passage of Scripture, while I was musing, while I was musing, not being amused, but being in a quiet place and thinking, he says, Lord, make me to know how frail I am, how frail I am. All of us are just clay. None of us in this room have arrived. None of us in this room are perfect. But understand, we serve a perfect God. And I'm glad that he remembereth that we're dust. He knoweth my frame. He remembereth I'm flesh. He knows I'm weak. And I'm glad that the Lord Jesus Christ is not only the burden bearer, but he's also one who lives in me as I yield these members as instruments of unrighteousness to righteousness to allow Christ to live in me. I love the song that you sang a moment ago with choir. And I thought of Galatians 2.20, my life verse, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Understand this, not one person in this room who knows Christ as your Savior can live the Christian life. And the devil will try to come against you on those days whenever you haven't been the best Christian. Or again, you've allowed Satan to have a part of your letting the flesh get out. Understand though, that's when we can look to the devil and say, well, wait a minute, I don't belong to you. I've been bought with a price. Amen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I'm alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though that the flesh is always dying and dying out, one day I'm going to lay down for the last time. Amen. But I'm going to resurrect and have a brand new body one day, fashioned after the Son of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Well, praise God for the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, make me to know mine end. Lord, make me to know the measure of my days. Lord, make me to know how frail I am. What is man? Psalm 8, verse 4, that thou art mindful of him and the son of man, that thou visitest him. Understand how frail that we are. For which cause we faint not. But though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment, working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Knowing again from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that Paul was talking about, understand, well, we're just passing through. We're just passing through. It's hard to think about life without Christ. I look back over our life and I can look across this congregation for those that are at any age at all and recognize that there are so many things that God has brought us through. And yet, the devil keeps coming at us, does he not? And again, if the devil never bothers you, guess what? He's got you right where he wants you. It's our light affliction is but for a moment. Muse on not only the measure of your days, 
but muse also on the dependency of our life. As we think about this text, David says, Lord, make me to know mine end. Do you know where you'll spend eternity? He says, Lord, make me to know the measure of my days, to understand how swift life is passing us by. And we have so much to do and a little time to do it. And then, Lord, make me to know how thrill I am. Even though I've been saved all these many years, pastor of church for 33 plus years, I've not arrived. I have not arrived. Your pastor has not arrived. And not one person in this room has arrived. Pastor was preaching. And he asked the question, is there anyone in this room that can raise your hand and to say that you're perfect? And immediately a man raised his hand in the back row. And the preacher, to amazement, looked at him and says, Sir, are you suggesting that you're perfect? He said, oh, no, sir. But my wife's first husband was. None of us have arrived. And none of us can say that we're perfect, but we serve a perfect God. While I was musing, Lord, help me to know my end. Not where it, that's going to be, but help me to understand that it's coming. And to live every day in light of eternity. Lord, make me to know the measure of my days, as David says. And then, Lord, make me to know how frail I am. That I cannot do this. But I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You see, the dust is where we're headed. God formed man in the, from the dust of the ground, and from dust you shall return. And so one day we're all going back to the dust. Muse on how dependent we are on the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.